0: Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. Um, my name is Aaron Bauer. If you're if you're new to Ocean View, welcome. I just want to welcome you here. Our lead pastor, Terry, he is... Um, He is skiing down the slopes of Montana um, because he couldn't get enough of the snow and ice that we had the other week. I don't know. It's just crazy. So no, he had a family vacation planned a long time ago, and so this was his week to do that, and uh, I'm honored that that I get to share with you again this morning. Um, We've started, I'm sorry, can we just pray for a second? Just because, God, you are good. And you have ordained our steps. And we make plans, and we make ideas, and we make things um, about us when they're actually about you. So God, will you forgive us for that? And um, God, we're excited about, about what you're doing here. I'm excited about what you're doing here. I ask that we would be open, that I would be open, that we all would just listen to you uh, this morning. And he's my pray. Amen. Okay, sorry. So, um... So we started this conversation um, last week, and so if you missed it, I encourage you to go back and I encourage you to watch that or listen to it. We started this conversation about the idea of finishing because as we start a new year, we are, we are kind of tuned into this idea that we have goals, we have ideas, and we have plans, and we have things that we definitely want to accomplish and maybe they're leftover ideas, they might be leftover goals, things that we started last year but something happened along the way and we got derailed or life changed, things out of our control or we just kind of said, eh, it's not worth it anymore and so we kind of left those things behind and maybe now we're in this season where we're like, it's a new year we can set new goals, we can have new things to to reach for and that's really awesome and so last week Terry started kind of talking about this in a conversation about that sometimes in order to start something about what God's calling us to do, we actually have to stop doing some things. And so we looked at Moses for a brief moment. So I would just encourage if you missed that, go back and watch it because it might help bring everything back into perspective and and kind of bring some consistency to this conversation over the next couple weeks. Um, And so today we're kind of picking that up there about finishing, about what it means to actually finish something. Now I have to confess to you, I am a great starter of projects. I'm not always the best finisher. And this doesn't ring any more true than it does in this one area of my life. And that is physical exercise, going to the gym. Because my experience going to the gym up until I was 22 was my ninth grade PE class in high school. And if you remember that, all I really remember is that there was a guy with a whistle and some other people And we were just supposed to do random things. None of it made any sense to me. I don't understand athletics. I'm the first to tell you that I don't understand sports. But when I turned 22, I I was living in Pittsburgh after college. I was kind of on my own. And I said, you know what? I'm going to start going to the gym. Like, that seems like a good rhythm. That's something that I need to incorporate into my life. And because I'm a book nerd, all right? So what I did before I go, because I don't know anything, I decided to do what any good book nerd would go before he sets out to do something. I go to Barnes & Noble. And I go to Barnes & Noble to find as much as I can about exercise. So I, I get a couple books, I get a couple magazines, and I'm like reading through them, and I'm like really into this, and I'm like, all right, so it seems like I need a plan, so that's going to be important. It seems like I'm going to have to have some kind of list, that seems important, and, and then I can just kind of go in, and I can do my thing, and, and it'll be awesome, right? Okay, so you can already tell how it turned out, not, not well. Um, so I go, I'm 22 years old, I go to the gym, I sign up, I'm like hitting it right and i go in my first day and i'm excited right because i have my list of things that i'm going to accomplish that day in that one hour time frame and that was probably my first mistake sitting inside of one hour but i go in and i'm just like all right i'm gonna do this right so i go and i do all these exercises and i'm like pushing through it, and it's amazing at the end of that hour i remember being like man that was awesome i am already like so swole it's gonna be amazing right this is gonna be awesome so so uh, I um, go home, and I go the rest of my day, and i like, next morning, I do what the book said to do, which is like, set your shoes beside the bed, because it's the first thing you see in the morning, it'll be like power you to go, right, so I do that, so I wake up at 6.30 the next morning, I'm going to go to the gym, except there's one problem, I cannot move anything, like, I'm like, I just, I'm so sore, and like, I can't even put socks on, I mean, it's bad. I can't move. And I'm like, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to the gym today. And it continued. That pain persisted for about three days, right? So by that time, by the time of that three-day mark, I'm like so deflated. My, my enthusiasm is so waned that I'm just like, eh, let's watch a movie instead. That'll be fine. And that was kind of the end of my uh, gym career up until that point. Well, several years later, I decide, you know what? I need this rhythm in my life. I need to go to the gym. So, so what did I do? I did the exact same thing because I'm insane. That's what you do when you're insane. You do the same thing over and over again. So I go to the gym and, and I, I go and I'm like doing it as hard. And of course, the next day, I am just like sore. And I'm like, this isn't going to happen. But I push through and I go again a few days later, maybe a week later. And somebody, while I'm there, I'm like, I'm, I'm doing one of the things. I can't tell you what it was. I'm doing one of the things at the gym and somebody comes up to me and just taps me on the shoulder and I'm thinking, all right, this is weird. And I turn around and it's, it's a guy that I know. His name is Jeff. And Jeff was a volunteer in my kids ministry at church. And so he, he served with me. He was my large group elementary tech director and he was great. Like he was so good. And uh, he's like, Hey, I didn't know that you, that you went to this gym. I said, well, I don't, I just kind of started. He's like, oh, that's great. Now keep in mind, Jeff is about 15 years older than me. He has a, he has a teenager and I'm like 25 at this time. And, and, uh, and so I'm just like, okay, thanks Jeff. And, and he's like, no, 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 listen, what we should, we should start working out together. And I'm like, Hmm, that's a big commitment. Like that's, we've just changed from, from just seeing each other. And now, now you're asking me to like be with you like at the gym. That's big difference. And so uh, I'm just kind of brushed that off. I'm like, yeah, we'll we'll think about that. That sounds neat, Jeff. And so on Sunday, of course, I see him because he serves in in our ministry. And so I see him and he said, hey, so I'll see you tomorrow at 630 in the morning. Right. And I'm like, no, for what? He's like, for the gym. I'm like, oh, right. Yes. The gym. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. He's like, I'll text you later. I said, that's a good idea. Why don't you text me later? And I'm thinking praying he'll forget. Right. Because I just don't want that kind of commitment, right? Like, that's a big deal. Now i got somebody, like, texting me. And, like, and like if I don't show up, then they're going to know. And it's just, like, they're holding me accountable to this. and I just don't want that. So so sure enough, though, he did not forget. He texted me that night. He's like, hey, I'll see you tomorrow at 6.30 a.m. I'm like, oh, okay. Sounds good. I'm kind of wrangled into it now. And so I go. And, of course... He, he is there waiting for me and, and then he like has a plan because he's been doing it for a long time so he's like, here's what we're going to do Like we'll start off on the, on the treadmill we just get warmed up a little bit and then we'll move to this and we'll go to that and we'll take turns on the things we'll do the stuff and I'm like, okay and so we did and then we leave and then I get a text from him later hey, I'll see you again tomorrow why? because <laughs> we're going to do this every day Like this is the thing we're going to do now okay, that's great so so we started this rhythm, this routine of, of going to the gym and he would send me a text telling me to be there and eventually I just kind of would go. He, had just, he didn't have to send me a text every time. But now there was this idea that if I didn't show up, he would be there all by himself and I don't want to do that to him. I don't want to leave him in a lurch and the same thing was true for him. Now if, if I didn't show up, I'm sorry, if he didn't show up, then, then I would be all by myself and that's not going to turn out well. So, so we all of a sudden we find ourselves in this community. ...of each other, where we're doing things together, we have the same goal in mind... ...but because now we're together, we have a better chance at actually succeeding in that goal. I think that's really critical. That's sometimes something that, that we miss. You see, when we have our goals, we have our plans... ...and maybe you've set some for this year. Maybe you've decided to be like a, a better a businessman, a better, better business leader, better employee. Maybe you're going to make better grades this year at school. Maybe Maybe you're going to finish a project that you've kind of put on the back burner. Or whatever your goal kind of is... We, we kind of miss this one element because we know we know that something is going to come along and it's going to try to derail us a life circumstance is going to happen something out of our control is going to come and it's going to rock our world and in that moment of critical pivot time it's either going to be are we going to be able to push through or are we just going to kind of say oh i'll wait till later and i think the the key the one thing that's going to help us kind of push through that is something that's so innate in us that even if you're not a follower of Jesus, even if you don't believe in God, it's, it's just woven into the fabric of who we are because it's woven into who God is and he put it in us. It's this idea that we need true and authentic community around us. We need that. I need that. Because it calls us to something more. And I think when we look in the Bible, we can see this. I think we can see this idea kind of kind of woven into who Jesus is and, and what he's kind of called us to do as well. I think we can see it everywhere. We're going to take um, a look at this idea of community today and what, what it can do, not just in our own lives personally, but what it, what it calls us to do collectively as a church, what it calls us to do collectively as believers. When we start looking at... Uh, This idea of community, I think it's important to first note that Jesus himself desired it. Jesus, remember, he is God's Son, he is God incarnate, comes to earth. He could accomplish his mission any way he chose, and he chooses to do it in the context of a community of people. One of the first things he does before he begins his ministry is he calls together a group of people. We call them disciples. They were really just like his best friends. They were people that he called to himself, and he, he just walked along. He kind of find them scattered around everywhere. They were, they were fishermen, some of them. Some of them were brothers. Some of them were just sitting under a tree somewhere. They had jobs. They were all kind of lower class. They, they didn't really have a ton of things in common with one another. But all of a sudden, Jesus says, and he says, hey, come follow me. And they leave everything. And they find each other drawn together into this community. But there's something more than just the community that unites them. So I want to take a look at this. And we're going to see this first in this one simple simple idea when Jesus calls Peter um to himself Peter and Andrew. So let's take a look at Matthew chapter 4 real quick and this is what it says. One day Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee and he saw two brothers. He saw Simon Peter and his brother Andrew and they were throwing a net into the lake because Of course, they were fishermen. That was their trade. That was the thing that they were doing. And I have to imagine for a moment that Peter and Andrew, just like all the disciples, just like us, they probably had their idea of the things that they wanted to do, the, the things that they wanted to accomplish, right? They had their goals. They were business owners. They wanted things to grow. They wanted things to work out a certain way. So of course, they're out there fishing because that's what they know how to do. They're trying to grow that business, right? And Jesus looks at them and he says, come and follow me. I will send you out to fish for people. And all of a sudden, everything changes. And I don't think in that moment when they dropped their nets to follow him that they understood that. So this is what they did. They said at once, they left their nets and they followed him. I don't think they knew what they were signing up for in that moment. But there was just something so compelling about Jesus that they, they said, yeah, we'll do that. And they just started doing that. Now, they didn't stop being fishermen. In fact, we see them fish throughout the rest of their journey together. And in fact, after Jesus um, is, is buried, they like, kind of go back to fishing. After he rises again, they kind of just go back to what they know how to do. Like, well, I guess we'll go be fishermen. But something changes in that moment where their passion, the thing that they knew how to do, the thing that they love to do, the goal that they had, all of a sudden that passion was intersected with his purpose and it gave them a new mission. It changed things forever. And I think that's true of us, right? Like, I think God wants to use our passions. He wants to intersect it with his purpose so that we have a new mission in our life. I think that is the goal that he has for us. So like, it's the idea that if we have a goal of like um, losing weight, for example, which many of us do, don't we all? And some of you have given up sugar. God bless you. I don't understand how you do that. Um, If we have that goal, all of a sudden it's not just about losing weight or, or breaking a habit or anything like that. If we put it in the context... And we put it in the context of understanding that there's something bigger, a, a, a bigger purpose. It's not just about that anymore. It's about something more. It's not just that. It's about dying to ourselves, right? And it's, it's not just about being a better business owner. It's about, it's, about, it's about understanding how God has a purpose in that for us. It changes everything. So I want to look also at this next idea, but that the disciples were a true, true community. Because when Jesus calls you into something more, it's, it's more than just the idea itself. Um, they, these disciples, they, they lived together, right? They traveled together. They went everywhere together. They saw Jesus do amazing things. They saw him do miracles and, and incredible acts that they had never even anticipated before but they still didn't understand it. They still don't understand everything. In fact, we see other people who were following Jesus. We, we We see them come alongside of Jesus for a while, and then they kind of drift away. And I wonder, why is that? What caused them to leave this community? Because, man, isn't that what we all want? Isn't that what we all look for, is this community? But there was something bigger that actually drove that community together. And I think we see it kind of... There's a big difference between before Jesus rose from the dead and after. Because it's like this light bulb went off. It's like this light bulb went off when when Jesus died and he rose again. It's like all of a sudden for the disciples, it's like, oh, everything makes sense now. Because he gave them something new to live for. He gave them an actual mission. Now it was theirs to take on. And the mission that he gave them is the same mission that he gives us. You know what it is? It's to help people follow Jesus. Jesus. That's what it is. We say that at Ocean View a lot. We we presented that a few months ago, that that is our mission, is to help people follow Jesus. And when we wrap that idea around everything else, all of our goals, all of our purposes, all of a sudden, it changes things. Because now, it's not just about my goal, it's about His. It's about His purpose. And I think we see this really clear in the disciples of the early church. The early church, when they first gathered together, something incredible happens. And, and it's something that um, I miss sometimes. And I think that we can miss it because we get comfortable. But when we look at it, I think we see, oh, wow, I've had it backwards. So let's just take a look. i want to look at Acts uh, chapter 3 real quick. I'm sorry, 2. There you go. Here's, here's what happened. Now, first, I want to note that the believers um, studied. So we're talking about people who believed in Jesus at this point. We're talking about people who, who have put their faith and their hope and their trust in Jesus. And if you're not at that point, like that's fine. I think you're still going to see something here that's pretty incredible. But these were people who believed in Jesus. These were people who saw him more than likely as he was on earth. And then they, they knew that he rose from the dead. And now they have put their faith and their hope and their trust in him. The believers studied what the apostles taught. They shared their lives together. They ate and they prayed together. Everyone was amazed at what God was doing. They were amazed when the apostles performed many wonders and signs. And look at this. All the believers were together. They shared everything they had. They sold property and other things that they owned. They gave to anyone who needed something. And every day they met together in the temple courtyard. They ate meals together in their homes. Their hearts were glad and sincere and they praised god get this they were respected by all the people every day the lord added to their group those who were being saved wow that's an incredible church that's an incredible gathering of people and i look at that and i wonder man how did they do that how did the disciples miss that earlier and then and all of a sudden they understand their mission and look what happens everything explodes it's crazy that's the kind of church that we are called to be, to help people follow Jesus, to be united in that mission. Here's something that I think about a lot, and this is something um, that, that I think we can miss sometimes, and that's, that's this idea, that what's going to cause all of these people of different backgrounds? What caused that church of people of different classes of people, different families, different places, they came from different walks of life, but they were all coming together, and they decided that together they were going to sell everything, they were going to share everything. What caused them to do that. It was the mission that Jesus gave them. Because here's what I think. I think that sometimes if we start with the idea of a community, we might accidentally or somehow or another, we might end up with our mission or our purpose. Like we might, like together when we're hanging out like we might all of a sudden be like, let's, let's go do this. And we might be like, oh yeah, yeah, let's do that. But we know that when we do that, just like when Jesus gave his mission out then some people kind of drifted that some people are like, do eh, I don't really want to do that. And they kind of do the wrong thing. But if you start with a mission, you will always get community always. And you know, that's true. Even if, you're, even if you don't believe in Jesus, you know that that's true. There is something that drives people with a common mission together. There is something that unites us, and it's more than just the end game. It's more than just the goal. There is something stronger that pulls us all together. That's what causes me to go find people who don't look like me, don't think like me, that all of a sudden we're united in this one idea and nothing else matters. All that other stuff is just fluff, but we're focused on helping people follow Jesus. It changes everything. And I think the early church got that. I think they got that early on. And I know that they did because God's purpose, his plan is always connected to people. And we have to remember that. So if our goal is to help people follow Jesus, it's going to infect every walk of our life. If my goal this year is to be a better dad, and it is because I love my kids. I want to be the best dad I can be for them. If my goal is to be a better dad, but I understand that in the context of what Jesus has called me to do to help people follow Jesus, now I understand that it's my role to help my kids follow Jesus and I'm going to love them the way that Jesus loved them. It changes things. If I want to be a better uh, spouse, be a better husband, if you want to be a better wife, and you understand that it is in the context of helping your family follow Jesus, then all of a sudden you're going to be more devoted and more faithful to one another. It drives that community together. If you're going to be a better business owner, if you're going to be a better employee, you want to be a better student, whatever it is that you've been called to be, all of a sudden you wrap it in the context of helping people follow Jesus and it changes it from just being a goal into being something so much more and it's going to drive community together because you're going to be on mission together. It changes things for us. This is why, by the way, just as a side note, we have neighborhood groups which are starting up um, in a few weeks. I love this idea of neighborhood groups. I love the idea that we can put a group of people together, just like that Acts 3 church. We can put a group of people in in different neighborhoods all over this city, and they can come together not just to be together, not just to focus on each other, but with the intention that they are going to help people follow Jesus, and it's going to change everything. It's going to change the dynamic of that neighborhood. Did you notice something interesting in Acts chapter 4? We're going to look at it one more time. Because I I breeze by this and I'm like, no, 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 wait, there's something bigger here. Can we take a look at Acts 4 one more time? It said this. All the believers were together. They shared everything that they had. They sold property and other things they owned. They gave to who? Anyone who needed something. That doesn't mean each other. That means people outside their community as well. Do you understand there's a big difference there, right? It wasn't just about self-preservation. It all of a sudden became about how can we as a community help other people outside of our community. Look what else happened. Every day they met together in the temple courtyard. They ate meals together in their homes. Their hearts were glad and sincere. They praised God and get this. They were respected by who? All the people. That doesn't mean they were respected by each other. You get how weird that would be? Like for us to be in a community and be like, well, we respect you. Oh, I respect you. Well, that's great. No, 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 no. People outside took notice that there's something different about this group. They genuinely care about other people. They genuinely care about God. They genuinely care about others. Look at what they're doing. They're gathering together. They're inviting people in. They're going out. Man, that's incredible. That's what happens when people are united around a mission. That's what happens when people are united around the idea that we can help people follow Jesus. And that's how the church grew. That's how any church is going to grow. When we unite around that one idea, see, we have goals, and that's good. I'm glad I have goals. That's important. But if I just have a goal in and of itself, it's going to begin and it's going to end with me. But if I take that goal, that passion, and I intersect it with God's purpose, with Jesus's purpose, his mission, all of a sudden I have a new mission for my life. It changes everything. And that mission is going to drive me to community. Do you know why? It's because when I'm in community, all right, with other people, and I, what happens when I'm on mission is that all of a sudden I'm looking for other people who are on mission to be on that mission with me. And if those people are striving to be on mission, they're seeking me out as well. And then what's going to happen is just like what happened in Acts chapter 4, where all of a sudden, people on the outside are taking notice. But more importantly, those on the inside are now starting to realize that we need to take notice of those on the outside and invite them into something so much bigger, true and authentic community. That's how we're going to finish this mission that Jesus has given us as a church. Um, I was at Disney World this this past week Monday and Tuesday because of course I was that's where I go it's my happy place Um, some of you are like again and I'm like yeah again so so I went there and um, they had just wrapped up a marathon weekend so they do this throughout the year um, where they kind of let marathon runners run through all the parks and and there are people who get these medals and if you get the dopey like that's a big deal that's like you run several different races and so um yeah that's what they call it so so there's people strutting their medals around and they're showing them off and some of them are just wearing them like you know like anything and i'm just like isn't that heavy like why would you want that around your neck but there's you know they're proud and i get that so i had this thought though as i was thinking about this talk i had this thought man how crazy and strange would it be that if i was going to run a marathon that i would just run it all by myself Like, when I think of a marathon, you always think of, like, people running together. But what if you were just running by yourself? Wouldn't that be strange? Like, you just, you have that goal, and that's a good goal. I'm going to run a marathon. And you can do that by yourself. But isn't it much more fun if you bring people alongside of you? Isn't it much more fun to, like, train together, to, like, be running together, to encourage one another? And, like, that person's encouraging me, and this person is encouraging me, and I'm encouraging them. And we're all striving together to go through the finish line together. That's how I want to run a marathon. I don't want to run a marathon, but if I did, that's how I would do it. I wouldn't want to go it alone, and yet so often we're so content to just go it alone because we have our goal, but we don't wrap it in what he has called us to do. And when we do that, it changes from just being a goal to being a mission, and it drives us together in a community, a true and authentic community. Imagine for just a moment those neighborhood groups, all right? Imagine we had 30 neighborhood groups. I don't think we have that many yet. Imagine we had 30 neighborhood groups scattered all over this place, all right? Up in uh, Carolina, Carolina. What? Forest? Yes, thank you. That's where I live. <laughs> forest up in Conway, over in Myrtle Beach, North Myrtle Beach, you know, wherever. Just imagine we have 30 neighborhood groups scattered all over. My neighborhood group is in the farm, okay? So, so we're in the farm, and just imagine for a second that there's 29 others doing the same thing, and we are focused together on reaching the people on our street, just our street. Okay, and that, and that anybody on that street they know that if they're going through a hard time if, if there is something that, that comes upon them, they, have a, they suffer a loss or they're in need of something they know that that group of people is going to be there we're going to be there to minister to them even they don't think like us, they don't believe like us they don't look like us, whatever we're there to minister to them imagine if there were 30 groups functioning like that all over this place what would that do? I think it would look like Jesus I think it would be incredible because they'd be driven together on their mission to drive and reach out to help people follow Jesus. Imagine for just a moment that every volunteer physician, every place at Oceanview right here on a Sunday morning that, that there's no lack of people who are like, I'll serve, I'll do that, I'll minister to those kids, I'll help those students, I'll be at that door to welcome that family who's looking for belonging. Imagine what that would be like to be able to come into a place, to invite our neighbors into a place where they know they are taken care of, where they are loved, where they belong, they're accepted. I think that would look like Jesus. Imagine what it would be like if wherever we went, whatever passion God has given us, if we went out and we sought out other groups that already exist. I'm not saying start something new. I'm just going where it already is happening and you be a light to the people who are there, wherever you're drinking coffee, whatever hospital you're at, wherever you're working, whatever, you go and you be a light to those people. It will drive community. People will take notice. You'll be able to invite them along on this mission. That's what God's called us to do, and it will happen when we have authentic community together. You guys, pray with me, God. It's a big thing you've called us to—not just our own individual passions that you've called us to, but collectively what you've called us to. God, we strive for for what. What you want to do in our lives and we know your mission we know what you've called us to do god would you help us not to get sidetracked will you help us to see what you're doing in us in the context of a broader community that when we're united on the mission that you've given us it changes everything god help us to strive for that community god help us to take a next step, whatever that is, whether it's, it's joining a neighborhood group, whether it's, it's just to reach our neighbors, whether it's to start serving here at Ocean, whatever you've called us to do, God, would you help us to do that so that we can fulfill that what you've called us to do? God, would we see the picture of the church united together by the mission that you've given them? It seemed like they were unstoppable. God, would you allow that in us? In your name we pray, amen. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.